Greetings. Thank you for joining Present Truth Presented, I Will Bless You podcast. We have entered week four. All this week, we are going to be looking at names associated with the kingship of our God. This week, the week is entitled King of the Universe. We are on episode 22 day 22, and we're going to be looking at the everlasting King. Father, we thank you that you rule and reign throughout the entire universe and that you are King and that you are Lord and that you choose us, your people, to work through. And to work with. And we are honored that you have called us for such a time as this. We ask you, Father, that you would reveal to us the kingship of your throne. That we would learn that we are to partner with you as king. And that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and that you have given us the keys of that kingdom and that we're to be your servants, your agents of expansion here upon the earth. Amen. Psalms 111.9 says, He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant to be forever. Holy is his name, inspiring all reverence, and godly fear. Holy is God's name. The names of God are more than a distinguishing title. They represent the divine nature of God and his relationship with us, his people. God deserves reverence, awe, and respect. The psalmist says, holy and reverend, revered is his name. God has chosen to make himself known to us through the use of his many names. All that God is and all that Elohim does can be understood in his many facet names. All this week, as I said earlier, we are going to be exploring the kingship of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Kingship is the state or condition of being a king. A person or thing regarded as the finest or the most important in its sphere or group. Our God is the finest and the most important God, King in all the universe. There is no God like our God. And our God is a king. And he rules over a kingdom. And he has subjects which would be us, his servants. So he rules and reigns over us, his people. And he wants us to gain an understanding of that this week. The passage of scripture that we're using as the backdrop for this podcast is number 622 through 27. And this week we're looking at a translation the common English version of 
Numbers 6, 22 through 27, which reads, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, you will, be, you will bless the children of the Israelites as follows. Say to them, The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you peace. They will place my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So far, we've seen that God wants to put, he wants to pronounce, he wants to invoke. And now in this translation, it says God wants to place his name or names upon us. And the word place means to deposit, to invest, to put in a particular position. It's a distinct condition or state of mind. So God wants to deposit within us the understanding and the power of his names. He said in this passage, I will bless you with visitation, glory, and fire. I will keep you. I will make my face shine upon you. My presence will be with you. We can meet face to face, and I will give you favor and grace. And then he says, I will be gracious to you. That phrase, I will be gracious to you, means to show kindness, be merciful, and give you favor. Gracious in this passage means to bend or stoop in kindness to an inferior, to favor, to bestow, to employ, to move with favor by petition. God in his greatness bends or stoops in his kindness to us, his inferior ones. That's beautiful. Exodus thirty-three nineteen says, And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. The, the word goodness in this passage says, in the ancient Hebrew, it is a pictograph of a picture of a basket used to contain or surround something. It's also a picture of a tent or a house combined these mean surround the house. The house is surrounded by grace, beauty, love, health, and prosperity. It is something that is functional. God wants to surround your house, my house, this season, this year, this era, with grace, beauty, love, health, and prosperity. Not just in an abstract way, but in functional ways. He says, I will bless you when you place my name upon the people. Today we're placing upon you and giving you understanding of the name Everlasting King, which is a Hebrew name of God that tells about his eternal nature and his rule 
that extends beyond time. Psalms 145.13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Jeremiah 10.10 says, But the Lord Yahweh is a true Emet God, Elohim. He is the living God and the everlasting Olam, King. At His wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure His indignation. The word king in Hebrew is the word Malik, and it means Olam. Olam is everlasting, so Malik, Olam, everlasting king. And the word king, Malik, Malik, I guess is properly pronounced, means this, walking among the people. To reign over a kingdom, to ascend to the throne. But look, listen to that. Walking among the people. Although our God is an everlasting king, and he ascended to the throne, and his rule is from everlasting to everlasting, his dominion never ends, yet he stoops down in his graciousness to walk among us. Thank you, everlasting King. Thank you, Olam, for walking among us. God promised an everlasting kingdom. I found some interesting notes in the Blue Letter Bible website regarding the everlasting King. I'm going to read those to you now. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. We find that in 2 Samuel 17, 16, and 28. And the servant he's talking about there is King David. This verse is a promise to the Lord, from the Lord to David. It guaranteed an everlasting kingdom for David's line. The following verse conveys God's response to God's promise. His response reminds us how we should respond to the promises of God. You have promised this good thing to your servant. God's promises are good. Blue Letter Bible goes on to say, The kings of man come and go. The kingdom that God establishes for his people is forever. This kingdom is made available to man by the promises of God. The Lord ordained that King David would have a king role, a key role in this plan. He says, Of your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before your throne. It will be through David that the promised Messiah would come. This divine king would sit upon David's throne in a rule that would have no end. And we find out that that king is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus himself. For it says in Isaiah, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end 
upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of the angel armies, will perform this, it says. Blue Letter Bible goes on to say, When the angel was announcing to Mary the conception of Messiah, these promises were reiterated. He says in Luke 1, 31-33, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. These promises will be eternally fulfilled someday. We find in Revelations 11:15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This is the kingdom Jesus offered when he walked upon the earth. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4.17 For all who know, for all who would know and respond in faith like David, your words are true. A place will be given to the everlasting kingdom. For those who know and those who have faith, we have received this everlasting kingdom. The kingdom of God is now. Matthew 16, 16 says, Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. The kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. The word kingdom in that passage of scripture in Matthew is the word basileia, and it means royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. A kingdom, the territory subject to the rule of the king. The territory subject to the king, everlasting, to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, is the earth realm. And we have been given the keys to operate in that territory. Jeremiah 1.10 says, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. And then we also see in Joshua 3, 9-10, through 10, that Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord, Yahweh, your God, Elohim. Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hevite, the Perizzite, the Gerasite, the Amorite, and the Jebusite. These are what's called the ites in the land, the seven spheres of society. 
Revelations 11:15 tells us that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Yes, there's going to be a literal fulfillment of that when Jesus comes back and sits upon the earth. But there is a spiritual fulfillment. It says the kingdoms of our of the world have already become subject to the everlasting king. We are subjects in that kingdom. Daniel 2.44 says, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all other kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. God's kingdom will crush every other kingdom. God's kingdom rules forever. Daniel 7.27 says, Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Because God's kingdom is everlasting, we can be confident that he will overcome all of his and our enemies. He has given the kingdom to the saints of the Most High. That's us. No enemy can outlast him. Nothing will ever cause him to be dethroned. We should therefore rejoice and be unafraid, for our service to him will never be in vain. The everlasting king will never be displaced and will never lose the ability to empower and reward his faithful servants. That should motivate us to follow him wherever he leads. Beloved of God, I put, pronounce, invoke, and place the name of the everlasting king upon you. I say Yahweh is being gracious to you. He is causing his goodness to pass before you. You will see his beauty and experience his love. The everlasting king is walking among you. His goodness is causing health and prosperity to manifest in and for you. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It's without end, and he has invited us, his people, to be partakers in it. The everlasting king has given you, me, us, the keys of the kingdom. I say, the everlasting king is releasing revelation upon you to understand and walk in and expand his kingdom upon the earth in these days. The everlasting king says to you, it's time to release the gospel of the kingdom. Take the keys, open and shut the entrance of good and evil. I have entrusted you with my power and authority to legislate the heavens. On earth as it is in heaven should be your mission, your battle cry. I say the people of God are rising up in these days to take down the ites, the giants in the land. The everlasting king is releasing strategies to his end-time warriors on who, what, when, and how to demolish the kingdoms of this world. See, I, the everlasting king, have called you to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down the forces that oppose my kingdom rule. But I have also empowered you to build and to plant my kingdom works in the land. Beloved, I say, 
You are learning to wield the weapons of the everlasting king, and you will see your personal giants fall. Your hands are also being trained in this hour to wield mighty weapons that will take out the enemies of the king, opposing his end-time plan for his kingdom expansion throughout the earth. I say, the goodness and grace of the everlasting king, Yahweh Sabaoth, the angel armies, is upon you. I release grace and mercy, revelation, the ability to wield the weapons of the Most High God, the everlasting King, in this hour upon you. Thank you. Please subscribe, review, and share this podcast if it's been a blessing to you. Yeah.